How do you define a successful life? If your answer can be summarized as earthly excellence and sacred significance, you're at the right place. Join host Stephanie Smith as she shares three keys unlocking a life of lasting purpose. Learn yourself, love God, and live connected. You'll become smarter about yourself, skilled in human dynamics, savvy about the Christian faith, and strengthened to pass this wisdom on to upcoming generations. And now let's get started. Welcome back to Life's Key 3, where we focus on the most important aims in life, that is to learn yourself, to love God, and live connected. And just like a three-legged stool is not going to stand if you only have one or two of those legs, in the same way, we need all three of these in order to have a life of stability. Today, we are going to continue the second part of my interview with Ruth Hofsepian, and she tells us a powerful story of God's redemption, His grace, His forgiveness, and there's also a lot for us to learn in this story about how we show up for other people when they are dealing with difficult situations, and especially when they have gone through a situation that that kind of we don't necessarily know how to handle theologically and what do we do with that and how do we show up with grace and yet also being able to deal with something whether we think it's sin or even if it is sin and and the messages that we send both intentionally and the messages that we can send unintentionally as believers not just to other adults, but also to children. That's incredibly important for us to be able to look at here. Ruth shares with great humility and transparency, and her focus, which is one of the reasons that I've um, taken the time for this interview that I love so much about Ruth, is that her focus is on pointing people to God. It's not, hey, just look at me. It's, hey, look at God through my story so that you can have a closer relationship with our Heavenly Father. This is a little bit of a departure from our normal episodes here at Life's Key 3, and I do want to point out that there are some subject matters that we discussed, just as we did in last week's episode, that may not be appropriate for younger ears. So if you have children around, you may want to listen to this first, and then, depending on the ages of your children, you may want them to listen to parts or all of this podcast, or you may want to just be able to share about it and use this as a conversation starter with them as well. All right, without any further ado, you are in for a tremendous amount of sobering encouragement as we continue with the second part of my interview with Ruth Hopsepian. And the other thing that I was um, reminded of as you were talking about that was, you know, when Paul writes, and I don't remember the the book and the, the chapter, but I know it's in the Bible. I know it's in there. But when he talks about having to, um, that he had to forget what what laid behind, it's easy for us, I think, to kind of gloss over that. But the reality is Paul arrested men and women and drug them to prison. He had to forget the sounds of people screaming. He had to forget the visuals of children calling out for their parents. He had to forget the fact that probably a lot of those people went through torture or death 
And so this wasn't like a light little thing that he had to deal with in terms of when he talked about forgetting mm. what lays behind. And that's that's a work that that we continue to have to do and can be empowered by the Holy Spirit to do that. But I, I like the fact that you shared that because sometimes people can think, well, healing or growth or redemption, what that's going to mean is I'm going to get to a point that nothing in my past is ever going to come up and be a struggle for me again. And I don't believe that's that's what healing and wholeness looks like. It means that it, I can't keep it from coming up, but it does. it means I don't have to go back and allow that to control me. But that doesn't mean it's not going to have any impact on me, you know, right? So you talked about, you know, about prayer and, and obviously, you know, if you're, you're in a, in a community of people where if you can't go and, and talk about divorce without feeling, um, you know, such a deep sense of shame, then you're certainly not going to talk about the fact of, by the way, I'm, you know, I'm going out to bars and sleeping with men that I don't know, right? So looking back at that, this, and this isn't about laying blame on anybody, because ultimately, we are all still responsible for our own choices. And this is one of the tensions that I think that we live as a Christian. And, and they're not contradictions, but there are these tensions. And on one hand, we always have responsibility for our choices. That's the greatest power that I think God has given to people is the ability yes. to choose. And that's why we're responsible. At the same time, he has also made us to be interdependent people. And we are people who are impacted by our experiences and by those around us. And so we have to hold life in this tension between those two truths. So looking back at that and, and what you've learned from your experience, what would you say today to people, whether they are pastors, they're, they're just people, um, they don't have to be in a pastoral role or a role of leadership. When they hear from a, a friend from a person in their church or whatever that says, hey, I'm really struggling in my marriage or I'm struggling. I, there are moms who struggle with anger. And where do you go to be able to say, I'm having a real struggle with being angry towards my children? There aren't real safe places, at least here in the United States, you know, for moms. And so there are these hidden struggles yeah. that people have. They're not just all around um, sexual yeah. or substance abuse additions or other issues. So what would you say to people in those situations when they're on the receiving end and they're hearing from somebody else who, who's a Christian, what kind of counsel would you give to them about how to respond appropriately? First of all, I think we just need to listen to the person. Just listen. And for a season, they just need to be heard. Sometimes that's all they're asking for is for to be able to speak with someone and to be heard about these issues that they're having without being pointed to. And I'm sorry, I've done this in the past without pointing to verses about how this and that. Yes, there's a time and place for those verses and examples and stay away from Oh, yes, I've been through that as well. There's a time and place of giving examples of your own struggles. 
But initially, when somebody comes to us, it's because they just need to be heard and to be spoken to with kindness and love. When you've built that relationship, then you you can start to give them the advice and the verses and and give them the support that they're looking for. But without a relationship with that person, how can we give them advice, first of all? And I'm I always am very careful with this. I've I learned this through my own experience of, you know, when when I've spoken to people, I always say to them, Am I listening? Or are you asking for advice? Mm. Either way, I'm here for you. If you're asking for advice, mm -hmm. then I will listen to you and tell you what I think you may be able to do. But if you just want me to listen, then that is what it is. I become a no judgment zone. I have been judged mm. once too, too often in my life. I have learned not to judge people. That is not to say that I, I don't have tough love for my children or for friends, or for church members, or anyone who comes to talk to me. I do have tough love. But there's a time and place for that tough love to show up. I can't just give tough love without earning their respect in the sense that I'm here for you. Stephanie, come talk to me. I'm here. This is a no judgment zone. And, you know, there's a time and place for it. You know, as pastors, I understand as, as women's leadership, you know, roles, we, I understand that we feel we have been called to, to give advice and to lead people. But with that also comes the, the development of listening and knowing when, um, when to talk and not judge people. That's my, yeah. You know, that reminds me, yeah, that reminds me of something that you said earlier, and that was, um, and, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, but basically the first time that you stepped into that bar, you felt seen, Yeah. you felt recognized, and that is such an important yes. human need to, to feel seen. Um, I just recently read a book about a man who spent some time in prison and, you know, the one of the worst defense or one of the worst punishments is when somebody is placed in solitary confinement and they are kept there and they're not allowed to be seen or to see other people. And the reason for that, and I'm not making a judgment statement about that in the <laughs> penal system, I'm just saying in terms of, of, of human condition, we have a need an innate need to be seen. And that, that I don't think that happens apart from someone yeah. listening, you know, as we, so it's not just, Oh, I'm going to sit here and just kind of physically listen. It's that I'm seeing you. Yeah. I'm hearing you, you know, can, with that. And that, that's a, that's a powerful just, thing. Just yeah, one thing as well. You know, when we are in the church, we develop friendships and relationships with our church family. And, I know that as a culture and as a society, we have become so busy, busy running around. We, we wear busyness as a badge of honor in some instances. But if we, we became less busy and looked around, we would see the struggling mother in the church pew. 
you know, instead of looking at them and just shaking your head because a child is being rambunctious, why not reach out and say, hey, why don't you come sit with me or help the mother? You know, um, there, there are so many things that we can do to lessen what is happening. And we don't know what is happening. Don't look at that couple that walk into church hand in hand, smiling, sharing the hymn book and, and, you know, praising God together, because you do not know what is happening in the home, or what is happening within that individual. We need to be praying for our church family. We need to be intentionally pray, not just covering, you know, the, the church family in prayer and, you know, just one fell swoop, but intentionally praying for each person. And how can you do that? Unless you develop a relationship. And I know, Stephanie, in the US, you know, you guys have these mega churches with I don't know, hundreds and thousands of, of, we we don't have this in Canada. So I can say that, but you still can get to know people. Maybe you have a, a, a home group or you have the women, whatever it is. Be intentional, get to know people, get to know their needs. Um, pray for people with intention and help them. And then you're building that relationship with people because when you're praying for them, they feel comfortable to come to you and say, you know, Stephanie, I'm struggling with this in my marriage. And they know you're, pr- you can't pray and gossip about someone. It, it, try it. I guarantee you, you <laughs> cannot speak badly about someone if you're praying for them. And I mean, on your knees, praying for them. You can't gossip. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> That's right. They do not go hand in hand. Yeah. So speaking of prayer, you have just recently released a Mm -hmm. book about prayer. So talk to us, tell us about that and tell us um, how people can um, know more about you. You are a speaker and an author. And so let our audience know how they can find you and how and tell us about the book. So the book I just released is my second book, and it's called The Ultimate Conversation Is That You, God. And this is a, a, you know, a deeper dive into what prayer is and what the Bible tells us about prayer, kind of getting rid of some of the conventional ideas that we think of prayer. And one of them is, prayer going to Jesus and or to our Heavenly Father and praying, he's not a vending machine. You know, we don't put in the coins and select what we want and get mm-hmm. it. So, you know, it, it's that kind of a Bible study, giving real life exper- uh, stories, um, digging into the Bible, food for thought, making you stop and think and writing down your own take on what a verse says and what a portion of scripture says. So it's the ultimate conversation is that you, God. And I had to make it a Bible study because the first book was part memoir, part prayer guide, part journal. And I felt that we needed a little bit more on this and why we pray and why we should be praying intentionally. And, and so tell us where you people can get can that find uh, both of them on Amazon, or you know, you can contact me and okay. I can send it to you. But I guarantee you it's faster, and cheaper coming from Canada. <laughs> we, we have our issues shipping things. So uh, you can get the books uh, on Amazon. Okay, and so and tell us where people can 
get in touch with you, your website, yep. socials, you know, and my website and most of my socials are Ruth Hafsapian, ruthhafsapian.com on Instagram. I'm Ruth Hafsapian. Same thing on Facebook. And if you go to my website, all of that information, whether it's about my books or speaking, my podcast, uh, free resources, it doesn't matter. My website is probably the best place to go to get information. Okay, and we will definitely have that in the show notes. So Ruth, before we close out this episode, anything else that you want to, to say that that we haven't already covered or any questions that you're like, <laughs> you should have asked me that and you didn't. And I want to say something. No, I, I would say one thing only, and that is build relationships with one another. Build a relationship with your Lord and Savior build a relationship with your children so they feel comfortable to come to you and speak to you. Build relationships with your neighbors, with your friends, with your church family, so that they feel comfortable to come and speak to you so that you can fulfill your ultimate um, commission. And, and that commission that we all have is to talk about the gift of Christ coming and dying for our sins. All right. Well, we couldn't close on a better note. So Ruth, I want to thank you so much for being with us today. And for listeners, we will have the links to Ruth and also for her, um, her, her new book um, in, in the show notes. So make sure that you that you reach out. And also, I just want to emphasize that, you know, sometimes we can still think that we don't have certain issues in our church or in our community. And there is no church and there is no community that isn't dealing with some of these issues. And usually the more that we think that we don't have them, then the more that somebody is dealing with them. And we don't need to wait until we have a horrific, you know, um, amount of our population in our community, in our church that's struggling with something before we address it, because one person matters. Christ always comes and deals with the one. And so even if there is one person who is struggling in any in any area, something that is similar to Ruth's story or in any other one, then we want to live cognizant of, of that one and reaching out for those relationships. So Ruth, thank you again so much for being here. And um, I just want to encourage our listeners, definitely make sure that you that you check out Ruth's website and her book, podcast and resources. All right, my friend, if you haven't already, make sure that you subscribe to the Highlights newsletter over at the website, stephaniepresents.com. Check today's show notes for links to Ruth's website, and you can find out more about her as a speaker, as a podcaster, and as an author. And remember this, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for listening. For information on speaking engagements and other resources, visit the website at stephaniepresents.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.